Boston, right? Calm down, Juliana. Calm down. Right? Foundations of freedom. Thank you, sir. I will foundations of freedom. I'm gonna slide up this way. Thank you, sir. Foundations of freedom. We celebrate those foundations of freedom. We celebrate the the opportunity to to recognize the uh, goodness and the mercy of God that He is that He has blessed us with the freedom to assemble, the freedom to worship. We recognize that this land is is not perfect. We recognize that America is in many ways a broken a broken country. It's still an experiment in democracy. We recognize that we are still striving for a more perfect union, as the Declaration of Independence says, a more perfect union. And as a person whose primary citizenship is in heaven, my citizenship is in heaven, and from there I await a Savior, the great God and King, Christ Jesus. And as a citizen of heaven living here in this land, longing for a, a better land, one whose builder and maker is God, I am thankful to join with the founders of that and signers of that document that said that we're working for a more perfect union. This union is not perfect. It has not been perfect, and it will not be perfect. But I'm thankful that we, as fellow believers, can work to bring the kingdom even into this land. Amen? Amen. You've got your Bibles. We're, we're going to continue our series this morning of By Faith, continuing our, our journey through Hebrews 11. And I'm excited about this. I'm just, I'm, I'm, uh, I hope that the Lord is speaking to you uh, through, these, through this series. And, um, and, and I believe the Lord has been speaking to me and speaking to this body. We're continuing our series this morning by faith. So, of course, we're in Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, we're going to continue talking about Abraham this morning. Abraham gets, gets a, a good chunk in Hebrews chapter 11. And so we've got to unpack all of this about Abraham. So if you've got your Bible, Abraham 11, uh, excuse me, Abraham 11, Hebrews 11, I turned, uh, I got a year older yesterday and my mind is gone. So um, Hebrews 11, uh, verse 11 says this, by faith, everybody say by faith. All right, by faith, even though he was past age, that's Abraham was past age, and Sarah herself was barren was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. We're going to dig in this morning. We're going to look at this promise that God made to Abraham. Um, in Genesis 12, so if you've got your Bible, we're going to go back. We're going to go backwards to Genesis, right? Genesis chapter 12. And, and we want to look at this promise a little bit more in depth. We want to unpack this promise a little bit, these, these verses, this chapter, this, this move of God in the life of Abraham, in the life of, of, of us, his descendants. So Genesis chapter 12, we see that God makes a promise 
because God had a plan, right? God makes a promise because God had a plan. I want to I remind you this morning, God doesn't just make promises for no purpose. God doesn't just, just do things and order things for no reason. He makes promises. He moves. He, he directs things because he has a plan. It's a good and a perfect plan. And, and the Apostle Paul prays that we would know this good and perfect will that God has for our lives. And, and we want to unpack this and, and dig in this morning to understand a little bit more about this promise and this plan. So Genesis chapter 12, you've got your Bibles open. Verse 1, it says this, The Lord said to Abraham, Leave your country, your family, your relatives. Go to the land that I will show you. I will bless you and make your descendants into a great nation. You will become famous and be a blessing to others. I will bless anyone who blesses you, but I will put a curse on anyone who puts a curse on you. Everyone on earth will be blessed because of you. God made a promise to Abraham. God said that he would bless those who bless curse those who curse, and that through Abraham, all of the world would be blessed. He promised that he would make the descendants of Abraham into a great nation, that through the descendants, all the nations of the earth would be blessed through the seed of Abraham, all the nations of the world would be blessed. Paul tells us that this seed of Abraham, that through all the world will be blessed, is Jesus. That Jesus is the one. But, but there's a problem here. There's a problem that, that Abraham faces. How, are, how is Abraham going to bless the whole world through his descendants when Abraham doesn't even have a child? Abraham didn't have any kids. He was old. His wife couldn't have any kids. She was barren. And even if he could have a kid, he was 75 years old. 75 years old, right? There was, this, was, this was before medicine, right? So he was 75 years old. Abraham thinks the Lord is crazy, right? His odds for having descendants were very slim. See, but God didn't care about his age. God did not want to hear any excuses. Here's what we do. We always make excuses for what God promises. We always make excuses. If God says he wants to do something in our lives and he makes a promise through us and a promise to us that God wants to move and that God wants to use us and that God wants to... To, 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 uh, to bless us and maybe God gives us a vision for our home or a vision for our family or, or a vision for our church or a vision for our community. God gives us this vision and makes these promises to us and, and we automatically, the first thing that we do is we begin to make excuses as to why God can't do what God said he was going to do. Anybody ever made an excuse for God? Made an excuse for yourself? Go ahead, raise your hand. I made excuses. God, there's no way you're going to do that. There is no way. I mean, you might can do it, but not, you're not going to do it through me because I'm, I'm just, I said January instead of July. Well, I, you know, God, that there are better people than I am. Abraham's case, it was, I'm too old. I'm too old, God. I'm too old, God. 
God doesn't want to hear our excuses, God doesn't want to hear your excuses. If God says he has a promise, if God makes a promise, if God says he has a plan and a purpose for his people, and that God has a life for you to live, stop making excuses as to why you can't live out the faith that God has placed before you. Say, well, I can't do this, or I'm I'm tired, or... Or I can't go to church today, or I can't love my enemy, or I can't welcome the foreigner or the stranger. I can't. There's not, we make all these excuses as to why we can't be the people of God. But God has a greater purpose and plan for his people, and he is going to fulfill his promise, and he just invites us, come on. He has a plan. If we'll just say, okay, God, okay, God, do your thing. We'll find out how, how, how lame our excuses are. But listen, here's, here's the it's important. The promise that God made to Abraham was huge. It was, it was a huge promise. God said, I'm going to bless the whole world through you. I'm going to bless the whole world through you. It was a promise about the coming Savior, Jesus Christ, that through you, Abraham, I am going to to bless you and your descendants, and and I'm going to bless the whole world through you because Jesus, the Savior of humanity, is going to come through your line. To save the world, Jesus could surely come through the man, the line of of, of one who was too old. If it's not too big for God to save the world through Jesus, it's not too big for God to bring about a son through a man and woman who are old and dead. Nothing is too stupid for God. Through Jesus, every nation on earth has been blessed, not just the physical descendants of Abraham, but the spiritual descendants of Abraham. It's, it's why we sing everybody's favorite song when they're a kid, Father Abraham had many sons. Right? And I am one of them, and so are you, so let's just praise the Lord. Right arm. Come on, people. Right arm. Left arm. Right foot. Left foot. Turn around. Nod your head. That's the best song. When you're old and fat, it's hard. But when you're a kid, when you're a kid, and when you're a teacher, and the kids are going crazy, all right, and then you wear them out, and hopefully they'll, when you say sit down, they'll just sit down and be done. It's a great song. But it's a great truth, because through Jesus Christ, we are children of Abraham, sons and daughters of Abraham, heirs of God according to the promise. God made a promise to Abraham. But Abraham, Abraham doubted God's promise. Abraham doubted God's promise. God made this great promise, but but it had been several years and it had not yet come to pass. And so Abraham is stressing out. Abraham is trying to figure out how to provide for God. Anybody ever do that? Try to figure out how to provide for God? 
how to make God's promise come true in your life when God just says, trust me and see, trust me and see, and we're busy trying to make God's promise come true in our own strength and our own power. And whenever we do that, we always mess up. We always fail. We always get off track. We just got to let God be God and be obedient to what God has laid out in front of us. Be faithful, be obedient, let God do what God said he will do. Stop trying to provide for God when you cannot be the provision when God is the provider. So Abraham doubts, but God, God reminds. I want us to look at a conversation between Abraham and God in Genesis chapter 15. You're still in Genesis chapter 15. God's going to read, we're still in Genesis. You're going to, we're going to look at this. uh, God's going to renew this promise to Abraham in Genesis 15 verse 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, O oh, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who, who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children. Anybody ever said that to God after God made the promise? You're like, God, you didn't do it. Like, chill, bro. Wait a minute, right? Trying to figure it out. So, Eliezer of Damascus, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him and said, This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abraham believed God, and God credited to him as righteousness. So Abraham is stressing out. I don't know. I, I, I know this room, nobody in this room ever gets stressed. But Abraham, Abraham was stressing out. He's like, God, you promised this would happen. You promised I was going to have a son. You promised that, that, that all of the nations would be blessed through, through this, this line. But Lord, I still don't have a son. And and how are you going to use me to to bless the nations? Maybe maybe there's a relative. Maybe I'm, maybe it's my relative, God. And so so my relative, he, he's he's the one you're going to use. And so thank you, God. You you worked it all out. God, I'm like no. I told you uh, you would have a son. I told you that through you, through your offspring, stop trying to make excuses for why I can't do it or stop trying to fix why I haven't done it. Trust me and see. Trust me. Abraham is still not sure what to make of God's promise. He feels like maybe he should intervene, that maybe he should step in and, and take care of the problem himself. I think we, we are all guilty of that. We're all prone to that. We, we want to trust God in, in our situations, in our lives. We want to trust him for what he has said he would do. But then we, when, when it doesn't happen in, on our terms and it doesn't happen within our timeline, we feel like we have to step into the timeline, create a whole nother timeline. You've got variants everywhere. Some of y'all been watching Loki. You feel like you have to step into the timeline and fix it. 
God is saying, just trust me. Just trust me. God says, God says, no, stop. God quotes Coldplay to Abraham. He's like, look at the stars. Look, look at the stars. But the God didn't quote Coldplay. The stars, your descendants. My wife is looking at me like she's lost her mind. I have. Look at the descendants of us to be as numerous as the stars. Just trust me. God says there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear. We feel like we feel like if it doesn't happen in our timeline, we gotta fix something. God says, be patient. I can't, I just can't get off of this. God says, be patient. Be obedient. Trust Him. I don't understand why things are working out this way. I don't understand why things are, are happening this way. Be They've got it under control. Your descendants are going to mountain over the stars. And you know what Abraham did? We read it. It says, Abraham believed God. You believe God this week? You believe how God works? Do you believe God? When God spoke to him, when he had that encounter with God, when God reminded him again of that promise, Abraham said, okay, God, I believe. I know what you promised, and, and, and I was trying to, 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 to walk in the promise. I was trying to see the promise fulfilled, but I wasn't sure that it was going to happen. I wanted it to happen. I believed it could happen, but I wasn't sure that it was going to happen. But now, God, you have reminded me again. You have spoken clearly to me, and I believe you. That's all it takes to be called a friend of God is to simply believe Him. Do you believe Him this week? Do you believe Him? Do you believe that He can heal you, that He can deliver you, that He can save you, that He can restore, that He can He can take away the guilt and the shame? Do you believe God? Do you believe that God can provide for you, that God can keep you, that God can watch over you, that God can, can heal and, and restore? Do you believe God this week? See, complete belief, complete trust makes us behave a certain way. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. If you really believe that the brakes are going to stop the car, when you see that oncoming car towards you, what do you do? You slam on the brakes. If you really believe the brakes are going to work, you slam on the brakes. If you, if you really believe that the girl who gave you her phone number really likes you, you're going to text her. If you really believe it. If you really believe that she gave you her real number, 
these instructions evident then? If there is instructions of faith, there is evidence of faith. We need to believe. It took great amount of faith for Abraham to believe, but there was evidence in his life. If there is instructions of faith in your life, there will be evidence of faith. Let me ask you, is there evidence of faith? Is there evidence of faith? Is there evidence of faith? Well, good. All right, let's just let's just pause for a second. Is there evidence of faith in your relationships, in the way you date? If you believe that God has someone for you. If you believe what Scripture says, that we're not to be unequally yoked, is there evidence of faith in how you date? Do you just date anybody? Or do they have to meet God's Word? Do they have to be obedient Christians? I don't know if I want to amen this morning. Evidence. Is there evidence of faith in your parenting? generously and, and pay your tithes? Is there evidence of faith in your finances? Is there evidence of faith in the words you speak? How you communicate to each other, to one another? Is there evidence of faith in So Abraham believed God. Abraham trusted God. Remember, he doubted, but God reminded him. But now Sarah, Sarah is also part of this promise. Without Sarah, there's not going to be, well, at least not the way God divided. Not the way God intended. Genesis 16, Sarah grows impatient. I know nobody in here, we've already talked about, nobody in here ever gets stressed and nobody in here ever gets impatient. But Abraham and Sarah were not like the rest of us. They got, they, they stressed and they got impatient. Sarah grew impatient waiting for the Lord to fulfill his promise. So, so let's see what she does in Genesis 16 verse 1. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I could build a family through her. I mean, that's, that's what every woman would say. Abraham agreed to what Sarah said. And it's Abraham. And so after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah took his, took, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian maidservant, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife, and he slept with Hagar, and she conceived. Now, it was actually common, right, it, it, that if a man didn't have children, for his wife to say, here's my servant, and, and she'll conceive a child for you. It was actually, it was actually a very common practice to, to continue the line, to continue the lineage of, of, of the man, sort of like a surrogate almost. 
so that they would be able to have a, a, a child. And, if we're, and, it, and the scripture says Abraham was okay with it. Abraham was like, well, God said I would have a child. Um, God said he would become from, from be my seed, that he would be my child, that I had to conceive, that I would have a, have a kid. And, and, and we've been doing this, and we've been, we've, been, we've, been, we've been being obedient to what God said. We've been, we have been exercising our faith in this situation, and there is still no child. Maybe this is what God meant. Oftentimes, church, oftentimes we try to reason away what God has promised to us. We try to reason away the supernatural. We try to reason away the miraculous. We, we try to understand through human reasoning when God's ways are so much higher than ours. Sarah reasoned away what God was doing Sarah reasoned it away because she got impatient. She began to doubt. She wanted to see God's promise come, and she got impatient waiting. And she said, maybe, maybe there's a better way. Maybe there's another way. Maybe, or maybe we just missed on what God said. Maybe we're supposed to try this. Maybe, maybe this is what God meant. Did God really say maybe we should try it this way? But she grew impatient. When we grow impatient, Waiting for God to do what God has promised, we get out of God's will. When we don't trust God and when we don't walk in faithfulness and patience to what God has promised, oftentimes we begin to look for our own solutions. And when we do that, we get out of God's will and we mess up God's God. See, she just didn't believe that God was going to do what God had said he was going to do. So they did it their way instead of waiting on God to bring on the fullness of the promise. Getting ahead of God in their life. Listen, getting ahead of God brought them nothing but pain. It brought Sarah, if you continue to read through this story, it brought Sarah emotional pain. It hurt her emotionally. What what happened with Abram and, and Hagar and the child that they had. It hurt her. Not only did it hurt Sarah, it hurt Hagar. You read through the story, you see that Hagar was then hurt emotionally. Their son, Ishmael, experienced emotional pain because of what happened. They became outcasts and experienced emotional pain. And, and not only did, did Sarah experience pain and did Hagar and Ishmael experience pain because of, because of their impatience and because of their trying to fix what God had said he would do, because they grew impatient, they caused pain, but they didn't just cause pain for themselves, they caused pain for generation and generation and generation and generation. They hurt how? Ishmael become a group of people who would become Muslims, right? Through Abraham's son Isaac would be the lineage of the Hebrews. Those cultures 
Arabs and then Muslims, Hebrews, those whole groups, those families, those peoples warred and fought and still war and still fight. Friends, don't get out of God's will. Be faithful. Generations are affected by our faithfulness. Don't grow impatient. Don't get ahead of God. Don't use human reasoning to push God aside. Don't try to do what God has said he would do. Let God be God and you be his servant. Finally, 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 when Abraham was 99 years old, 99 years old. 14 years after the promise was made to Abraham. God lets Abraham in on how he's going to fulfill the promise. 14 years. Abraham's 99. It's been 14 years. not a man that he would lie. Some of you prayed about something last week and it hasn't happened yet and you're ready to give up on God. Genesis 17, verse 15, God said to Abraham, As for Sarah, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarah. Her name is Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and he said to himself, Will a son Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? Abraham did what, what we would have all have done. Laughed at God. And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. And God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you'll call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. When we we often, church, grow impatient, waiting on God to fulfill his promise. Second Peter verse three, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. But he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He is not slow. Fourteen years, he is not slow. Well, I've been praying about this for, for, for weeks. I've been praying about this for months. He is not slow. I've been praying about this for years. He is not slow. And he is not untrustworthy. Fourteen years. We have a covenant-keeping God. 
Genesis 17, verse 15 says this. And God said to Abraham, After Sarah, your wife, will not call her Sarah, but call her Sarah. I'll bless her. Then it gets down to verse 19. I'll establish my covenant with your son as an everlasting covenant for his offspring. This is what God says. Right? This is what God says. I will do what I said I would do. And even if you do mess it up, which you have done over and over and over and over and over again, I'll be faithful. God didn't just throw him away. Do you see that? Even after their complete lack of faith, even after, even after, if you read through the story of Abraham, you see, you see, you see, um, deception, you see, you see um, um, unfaithfulness, you see just all kinds of things happen. Messing up, messing up, messing up, but God says, I'm going to be faithful. Even if you mess up, I'll be faithful. God's a covenant-keeping God. They messed up. They faced the ramifications of messing up. But God was still faithful. Do you hear that? They messed up. They faced the ramifications of messing up. There were things that they had to face in their lives that they would not have had to face had they just trusted God. But God was still faithful. God says to you this morning, he says he'll restore you, he will fill you, he will give you peace, he will give you joy, he will give you hope, he will heal you, he will heal your families, he will change your, your life, he will, he will rebuke the devourer, the enemy for you. But you just need to believe, you just got to trust, you just got to walk in obedience, and here's what happens, God will get the last laugh. God will get the last laugh. Did you see what we read? We read this a second ago. It said that Abraham laughed. Abraham fell on his face and laughed. God said, this is going to happen. And Abraham said, are you you're for real? A hundred years old? You're, you are crazy, God. You are crazy. A hundred years old. And my wife is barren. Can't have, you have lost your mind, God. Abraham laughed at God and laughed at the situation. So there is no way, God. You ever laugh when God says he's going to do something? Anybody? Like, there's no way, God. <laughs> there is no way. There is no way that you can make that happen. Have you seen me? Have you seen my life? Have you seen who I am? Have you, have you seen the situation? Have you seen what the doctor said? Have you, have you seen this stuff, God? There is no way. I mean, Abraham has a valid point when he, when he laughs at God. Abraham's point is valid. Dude, I'm 100 years old, God. It is a valid point. If anyone could laugh at, at what God said, it would have been Abraham. But Abraham wasn't the only one that laughed at what God said. In Genesis 18, we see Sarah. 
verse 10, it says, Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent. God and Abraham were having this conversation outside the tent. Um, Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him, and Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. Ladies, 85 years old, ready to have kids? Who who are you? Who's ready to say, bring it on, God, bring it on. So Sarah laughed, just like you ladies just did. Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out, And my master is old. Will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? And say, will I really have a child? I love this. I love this conversation. Now that I am old, is anything too hard for the Lord? The Lord said, I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. And Sarah was so afraid that she lied and said, I did not laugh. (laughs) But God said, yes, you did laugh. And that's the end. I love that conversation. God, though, a a year later, guess what? There's a boy. Sarah finds it too hard to believe. She laughs. She laughs at God. She said, there is no way. He said, no, I didn't laugh, God. I didn't, God. Yes, you did. Fourteen years after the promise, God says it's time. The promise will be here in less than a year. There will be fulfillment. Sometimes, listen, sometimes God puts things in your spirit. You don't understand them. You don't know when they're going to happen. You don't know how they're going to happen. You're not even sure you really heard from God. Because as days pass, you begin to doubt. But God is saying if you just hold on. Don't grow impatient. You don't reason away what I promise. You don't get in the way. If you will let me, I will fulfill Even in your old age, God said to them, there'll be a son. There will be a blessing. Because if there has been a promise made, there will be a promise. chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. The Lord said to Sarah, The Lord visited Sarah as he said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse him? Yet I have borne him. Abraham and Sarah laughed 
at the promise when it was made because they doubted. But now Sarah laughed at the promise because it was joy. The promise. God keeps his promise. There's something interesting in this passage. Jared, if you come on up, we're going to close. But there's something interesting in this passage. At 99, when Abraham was 99, God said, you're going to have this child, Isaac. And there's going to be a covenant. And the sign of the covenant, the sign that I'm going to keep my promise, Abraham is going to be circumcision. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It took the obedience of Abraham and Sarah to bring us centuries later the covenant keeping of Jesus Christ so that we in this covenant relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you do not have to leave here outside the covenant. If there's anything I hope you've learned this morning is that God keeps his promises. And if he has made a covenant with you and if you have entered into covenant with God through Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. Abundant life. that covenant relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You do not have to leave here today outside of covenant, outside of promise. 
this room. Firstly, if there's anyone in this room that is not in covenant with Jesus and Jesus Christ, by placing their faith in Jesus, I pray right now today that they would enter into covenant through faith. Heads bowed, eyes closed, and you would say this morning, I need to enter into covenant with God through Jesus. I've been trying to do it on my own. I've been trying to, 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 to do my own thing, to live my own way. And, and, and it's not working. I don't have peace. I don't have hope. I don't have life. But I want to enter into covenant with God through Jesus this morning. And I want to receive every promise that God has for me. If that's you this morning, heads bowed, eyes closed. Would you just raise your hand right where you're at? I want to pray for you today. Amen. Amen. I want to pray for you today. Thank you, God. Now, this morning, some of you in this room, and you, you, you love Jesus, you're in covenant with God, but, but you've been going through some seasons recently where you've been doubting. You've been doubting that God has good for you, that God has, that God is going to keep his promise. trust you. I'm going to believe and I'm going to receive the promise that you have for me. In Jesus' name. Lord, now I pray for those that raised their hand and for those that didn't. I pray, God, that I pray, God, that they would walk in obedience, walk in faith, walk in belief, that they would trust you Amen.